welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, Knowledge is Power, Researching Our Way to Recovery, we explored two fabulous resources for learning more about MS, Brain and Life and MS Focus. I hope you took the time to subscribe to both of these free, helpful tools so that they can further assist you on your own quest to live well with MS. This week, we're going to look at a topic very relevant for us all in the midst of an ongoing global pandemic, and especially as we approach the fall cold and flu season. Safe methods for us to boost our immunity. My gratitude today is for YouTube as a resource. As I've more seriously begun to search the vast black hole of tutorials, I found some really helpful tools to support better health. One of my new favorites is Jason Stevenson. As someone who struggles with meditation without guidance, Jason's guided meditations for sleep, relaxation, anxiety, letting go of frustrations, greeting the day with intention, and so on are extremely helpful. I'll post some of these on our Patreon site so you can easily access them to see if they might be helpful tools for you as well. And most recently, I came across two more helpful tools that are highly relevant for this episode. And for me, since yesterday, I got my third Moderna COVID-19 vaccine dose, as advised by my MS neurologist at Stanford. Since many of you may be in the same boat, I wanted to share these helpful tools with you as well. And if you are someone who has chosen not to take the vaccine, the tools shared today will be highly relevant for you as well, as they offer safe ways for all of us to better protect ourselves and support healthy immune function. But first, the first two doses of the COVID-19 vaccinations left me with a very sore arm for several days, and longtime listeners may recall that the second dose left me in even greater discomfort since I had torn my rotator cuff the week prior. With both shoulders impacted at the same time, as a side sleeper, sleep was completely elusive for about a week. And as with many of us, without good sleep, it can be a slippery slope for many of our MS symptoms resurfacing. While I was grateful no new symptoms showed up and my vaccine response was fairly mild, May was a very difficult month that I am not interested in repeating. So this time around, I wanted to be more prepared and YouTube helped me learn two strategies that I hope will help 
The first being that I can alleviate pain from the vaccine by using my TENS unit. I've used my TENS unit for a lot of pain points over the years, and it does tend to work well for me, but it never even occurred to me to use it for this purpose. I'll report back next episode if this helped me or not, and I'd love to hear from you, too, if you try it. As a teaser, my initial experience using it last night is that it definitely helped. For those of you familiar with TENS unit treatments, on my particular unit, I am typically able to turn it up to level 12. Last night, I had to start at level 4, but was gradually able to work up to level 10. And my arm felt much better after that one treatment. Time will tell how big of an impact it has, but I'm definitely planning to use my TENS unit again tonight. The second tip I learned from YouTube is suggested arm exercises to specifically reduce arm soreness after the vaccine. There are many different tutorials available upon searching, but most experts agree there are five arm exercises that are specifically targeted to help with dispersing any shot received in the deltoid muscle. The first of these exercises is lateral deltoid raises which, from a seated position or standing, involve raising our arms up to shoulder level with palms facing down and elbows straight. The second is standing shoulder external rotations in 90-degree abduction. This exercise involves standing or sitting with our arms bent at the elbows, held at shoulder height, then rotating our hands upward toward our heads while keeping our elbows at shoulder level. This one is easier to visualize by watching a video, and I'll share a link shortly and on our Patreon page where all of these simple exercises are shown via video. The third arm exercise is standing shoulder external rotation with your arms at your side. For this exercise, we keep our elbows at our sides with our thumbs facing up and elbows bent so that our forearms are parallel to the floor. We then rotate our hands outwards from our stomach while keeping the forearm parallel to the floor and our elbows tightly to our sides. The fourth arm exercise is the overhead press. And this exercise involves starting with our hands in front of our chests with our elbows bent, which we slowly straighten as we press our arms up overhead. And finally, the horizontal abduction with external rotation. For this exercise, we hold our arms up in front of us at shoulder height with our arms straight and our palms up, so our thumbs point outward. We then rotate our arms outward toward each side until we look like a capital T. The best site I found that shows videos from all of these movements in one place is on shelteringarms.com, which is a physical therapy website. This site suggests 20 reps as often as every hour on the first day to help disperse the vaccine to reduce localized pain in the deltoid muscle. The vaccine is injected into the middle deltoid muscle, and the pain is caused by the immune response, which includes inflammation. By moving our arms regularly in these five specific ways, we can help alleviate pain by keeping the reaction from concentrating in one location. They recommend continuing this protocol until the pain subsides. 
Yesterday, I received the vaccine at 11 a.m. and started doing the arm exercises every hour from noon until 10 p.m. I also did them when I got up to use the restroom twice during the night. I woke up to a pretty stiff deltoid, but it improved greatly with my first two stretching opportunities this morning. And while I'm not out of the woods yet, since I recall the second through fourth days being the most painful last time, I do believe, at least given my initial experience, that it is helpful. So, thank you YouTube for guiding me toward these wonderful tips that give me hope that this time, and in the future when I need other shots, the arm pain will pale in comparison. Stay tuned, I'll report back with more details regarding how these two methods helped, or not, in our next episode. There is a great article in this fall's issue of Momentum magazine, which is published by the National MS Society. You can subscribe to this magazine for free at nationalmssociety.org momentum. In this article and others that I read, they address how important it is for those of us with MS to try to maintain healthy immune system functionality. What might be an okay avenue for someone not living with MS could actually be dangerous for us and encourage our immune systems into further dysregulation. MS immunology researcher Jerry Ann Lyons reminds us that as MS attacks the central nervous system and damages the protective myelin sheath that insulates healthy nerves, our immune system is a very delicate balancing act between a pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory response. Good inflammation helps us clear infection, while bad levels of inflammation can result in further damage. Many MS researchers believe that MS attacks occur when our protective immunity drops, and this is why our symptoms tend to flare when our body is faced with bacterial or viral infections. A well-known trigger you might be aware of for those of us with MS is urinary tract infections. Since some of the DMTs, or disease-modifying therapies, that we take intentionally deplete our immune systems to keep them in better balance, it's extra important that we boost our natural protective immunity safely so that we can minimize a harmful inflammatory response. Many of the most popular avenues out there to boost healthier, optimally functioning immune systems aren't typically recommended for us, precisely because of the important balance we need for our immune systems to work properly. But the good news is that there are many avenues that are available to us, so I want to share those today as they are simple things that, quite frankly, everyone can do for better ongoing health. The first avenue to safe immunity building is exercise. While we all know exercise is important for overall health, we might not know that our bodies categorize exercise as a stressor, with the response of flooding our bloodstreams with disease-fighting white blood cells. This response is both physical and chemical, and that when we move, our lymph vessels circulate our white blood cells throughout our body. This response is a reaction to the movement in a similar way to how our heart circulates oxygen through our bodies through its motion. The more our lymph circulates throughout our bodies, the more adept our immune system will be to both encounter and destroy any infectious agents. 
Exercise also helps maintain our gut health, which we know is heavily linked to our overall MS well-being and progression. It's important to note that with many of us, overexertion can cause flares of unpleasant MS symptoms. So experts caution against vigorous exercise if that is a response we experience with overexertion. Exercise that promotes immune health best is actually low to moderate in intensity, or a three or four on a scale of one to ten. Readjusting our definition of exercise accordingly can help us keep moving in ways that support our MS health. It's also important to be aware of exercise duration and its impact on the immune system. Research states that our weekly goal should be 150 minutes of exercise each week, broken up into shorter periods of 10 to 90 minutes, depending on intensity. Interestingly, exercise lasting longer than 90 minutes can deplete our healthy immune response since it causes too much stress on the body. I also read that it's important for our immune system for us to eat clean carbohydrates after we exercise, since exercise depletes glucose from our muscles and blood, which can also trigger a stress response. Did you know that research shows that just one bout of physical activity can stimulate our immune function? Sure, regular exercise is much more effective, but how cool is it to know as a motivator to get started, that just one short session of exercise or movement can noticeably stimulate our immune function. This is wonderful news for all of us, and yet especially those of us who can't exercise in the way we used to. It's great that some of us are still out there running marathons, and if you are able to do that safely, keep it up as it will certainly help keep your MS at bay over time. However, if you're someone like me who can't run anymore, it's nice to know that walking and other more gentle forms of exercise and movement can help us boost our immune systems safely. There are lots of creative ways to exercise, even if you're most comfortable exercising at home rather than a gym. For a full episode dedicated to exercise and movement, including all the research and support options, check out episode 21. The Body Achieves What the Mind Believes, Exploring Exercise and Movement Options for MS. The second avenue for healthy immune system boosting that we'll look at today is diet. Most of us by now, especially if we've learned from Dr. Susan, understand that food is truly medicine and that our dietary choices have a huge impact on our overall health and subsequently our MS progression. Research indicates that plant-based foods, such as those high in phytonutrients, antioxidants, and dietary fiber, can help downregulate an overactive immune response. What we eat every day impacts greatly our daily health and well-being. Three mechanisms involved in the ability of food-derived compounds to reduce viral infection and severity are... Balancing inflammatory pathways in the body, reducing oxidative stress and increasing antioxidant levels, and harmonizing the gut biome. So, how do we go about doing this? Let's dive in. Most of us also know that vitamin D3 is really important for us as it helps regulate calcium absorption and our immune response. 
We can get the recommended vitamin D directly from being in the sun as little as 10 minutes daily. But for many of us with MS, we don't process or absorb vitamin D optimally. So this is one area where experts suggest supplementation in addition to getting vitamin D through food and from the sun. Talk with your doctor about your vitamin D levels as there's an optimal range and serious issues can emerge if levels are either too low or too high. My doctor tests my vitamin D levels every six months, and we adjust my daily intake accordingly. Some of the best food sources of vitamin D are cod liver oil, sardines, salmon and other fatty fish, eggs and dairy if you tolerate them well, mushrooms, and even caviar. These foods support healthy immune response and a healthy brain, mood, and even deeper sleep. Anti-inflammatory foods are another way to help support healthy immune response. Green leafy vegetables, olive oil, berries, nuts, fish, and tomatoes are great options to reduce inflammation. In contrast, red meat, dairy, gluten, processed sugars, high glycemic foods, excess salt, and fried foods can create dangerous levels of inflammation and result in dysfunctional immune response. There are a handful of other food lists that can help us. And as I go through them, be noticing which of your favorite foods are on each list. And what are some you don't typically eat but might consider adding to your diet to help support safe immunity. Also, keep an ear out for those ultra superfoods that show up on more than one list. Let's start with quercetin. Quercetin is a natural antihistamine and antioxidant that supports healthy immune response. We can obtain this compound from lots of food sources, including raw onions, red apples, kale and spinach, cherries and berries, broccoli, asparagus, red leaf lettuce, chili peppers, and black and green tea. Zinc can also aid in supporting our immune response. It can also help with respiratory infections. So it's a good one to have on our list right now with the pandemic and seasonal flu bugs swirling about in abundance. Great sources of zinc include my favorite pumpkin seeds, beans and lentils, cashews and peanuts, quinoa, eggs if you tolerate them, organic poultry and grass-fed beef, shellfish, liver, sprouts and spinach, and garlic. Omega-3s support immune health and are good for our brain and heart, too. Omega-3 rich foods include seeds like chia, hemp, flax seeds, and walnuts, as well as fish like mackerel and salmon and seaweed. Most of us typically don't get enough omega-3s, so this is another area some doctors recommend supplementation with a quality omega-3 supplement. Magnesium can likewise help us achieve a healthier immune response. Common foods that are high in magnesium are pumpkin seeds, amaranth grain, Brazil nuts, almonds, spinach and Swiss chard, cashews and peanuts, black beans, edamame, avocado, and brown rice. Vitamin A is another antioxidant that supports a healthy immune response. Great sources of vitamin A are carrots, sweet potatoes, broccoli, red and yellow peppers, bell peppers, butternut and winter squash, apricots, cantaloupe, mangoes, tuna, eggs, and spinach.
Vitamin C, especially when obtained through food, is helpful in supporting a healthy immune response, as well as promoting protection against pneumonia and sepsis. These foods include citrus fruits, berries, bell peppers, broccoli and Brussels sprouts, spinach and watercress, asparagus, tomatoes, and tropical fruits like papaya, cantaloupe, pineapple, mango, and guava. Glutathione is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy immune response. The foods that contain the highest levels are cruciferous vegetables like kale, bok choy, arugula, watercress, spinach, and collard and mustard greens. Other sources include broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, radish, mushrooms, garlic, onions, and asparagus. I also want to briefly touch on an additional aspect of nutrition that helps support our immune health, probiotics. Probiotics help us maintain healthy gut health, which supports a healthy relationship between our gut and brain communication and connection. Common probiotics are fermented foods, kefir, yogurt, kombucha, pickles and pickled vegetables, raw apple cider vinegar, miso, and kimchi. Let's move on to look at yet another way we can improve our immune function, through our sleep. An MS sleep specialist at John Hopkins shares that sleep is a natural protectant from the flu and seasonal colds due to its restorative and regulatory abilities. Both quality and quantity of our sleep has a major influence on our immune function and inflammatory signals in our bodies. Restorative sleep is an important part of immune system functionality maintenance, as well as a helpful tool during times of illness recovery. We talked extensively about sleep in episode 17, Maximizing Restorative Sleep for Healing. So if this is an area of current struggle for you, I suggest listening to that episode where much research is shared, along with significant avenues of solutions for establishing your own personal bedtime routine. What's not included in that episode are the YouTube sleep meditations, especially those by Jason Stevenson that I mentioned in this episode's gratitude portion. I will also say here that I've talked with a lot of folks living with MS who struggle to fall asleep. Experts say that laying in bed waiting to fall asleep is one of the worst things we can do, since our worrying about not sleeping actually makes it more difficult for us to fall asleep, and then we learn to associate our beds with thinking and ruminating instead of sleeping. They recommend that if we try a guided meditation and still can't fall asleep, it's much better for us to get up, out of bed, and go do some light activity for 10 minutes or so, like housework or stretching, and then try again. If you really struggle with falling asleep and staying asleep, you might consider CBD or cannabis and can learn all about how that can be used to assist with sleep and other MS symptoms in episode 15. The final suggested way to promote a healthy immune response is through managing our stress. Not always easy to do when we live with a chronic progressive illness and are living through a stressful pandemic that is impacting all three major levers of our livelihood, health, finances, and relationships. Research shows that social relationships are a significant determinant of immune health. 
Both acute and chronic stress can result in dysregulated and suppressed immune function. Under these conditions, susceptibility to illness is more likely, and it's now well established that a high rate of stress significantly impacts not only our ability to heal wounds we incur, but also increases our risk of viral infections, respiratory disease susceptibility, and severity. Chronic stress leads to a hormonal reaction that causes excess inflammation, making us more vulnerable to infection and potentially an MS relapse. We can neutralize this response through yoga, tai chi, qigong, or meditation, all which effectively reduce the stress hormone cortisol. One of the most effective ways to manage our stress is to simply breathe. It's truly amazing to experience just how much one minute of intentional breathing can help us better regulate our stress response. This is another area where YouTube can help us immensely. There's no shortage of breathing tutorials, even many MS-specific versions that show up with a simple search for, quote, breathing techniques for MS. Setting a simple alarm, I use the free app called Alarmed, helps me remember to take regular breathing breaks throughout the day, since I otherwise tend to be more of a shallow breather. Since I started this routine last year, I've noticed I'm better managing my stress and reducing my feelings of anxiety and depression, all of which run rampant in our shared MS community. Biofeedback tools can help here too if we aren't able to identify our unique stressors without them. Wearing a Spire tracker, for example, for about a year clued me into my personal triggers. Once I knew what they were, I could address them and learn to avoid or minimize them. You might also enjoy learning about other ways to reduce stress, like EFT, self-hypnotism, behavioral activation, incorporating essential oils into your life, or addressing relationship struggles through utilizing love languages or boundaries. All of these avenues have entire misunderstood episodes devoted to them, so if any of these avenues seem like they'd be particularly helpful for you in your quest to better manage your unique stress triggers, I encourage you to check them out. Positive self-talk is also an important way to manage our stress. I've developed some powerful personal mantras through EFT therapy, and my newfound best YouTube bud, Jason Stevenson, has great guided meditations for promoting positive thinking. Another frequent source of stress is our relationships. To help boost a healthy immune response, it's recommended to reduce our exposure to any interactions perceived as non-supportive, while we concurrently spend more time with people who are positive and affirming. Isolation can negatively impact our immune response, so regular social connection is an important part of maintaining our health. Before we finish up, if you're a person who responds better to what not to do to support healthy immune function, I wanted to share a short list here to recap. First, avoid high sugar foods as they result in immediate immunosuppression for a good two to four hours after eating. Avoid high fat foods, especially saturated fats like dairy and animal fats. Avoid your unique trigger foods, 
This is a common issue for anyone with an autoimmune condition. If you don't know what your unique food triggers are yet, I highly recommend using the elimination diet to help you identify them. Number four, avoid foods that promote bacterial overgrowth in the digestive tract, like simple sugars, white flour, and white potatoes. Five, avoid a sedentary lifestyle. Adipose, or fat, is pro-inflammatory, while exercise reduces inflammation and improves proper insulin functionality. Number six, avoid a repetitive diet. We need a wide variety of phytonutrients, antioxidants, fibers, vitamins, and minerals. To get what we need, eat the rainbow. A seasonal food box directly from a local farm near you is the easiest way to ensure we are eating with the seasons and getting the variety we need. Number seven, Avoid excessive toxin exposure as toxins increase inflammation and wreak much havoc on all body systems. This includes toxic relationships and emotional stress. And number eight, avoid staying inside too much. We need fresh air and natural exposure to sunlight to help regulate many of our body systems. By sharing these ways of promoting a healthier immune response for our shared MS community in this episode, my hope is that one, we'll all have the tools we need to be able to remain happy and healthy as we transition into fall. Two, that we accept that while we can't control everything in our lives and that living with the many current health-related uncertainties can certainly be daunting, there are many tools that we do have like those mentioned in this episode. And three, that we leave this episode committed to helping position ourselves to be our best, so that if we do encounter an illness this fall, we'll have best prepared ourselves to ride it out quickly with few or ideally no prolonged consequences. Before I take flight to do my next series of arm exercises, I want to mention that the next Misunderstood Flock meeting will be Saturday, October 2nd. At the flock meeting, we'll discuss this episode and other episodes released this month, and just spend some virtual time together supporting one another as we all strive to live well with MS. If you're not yet a flock member but would like to be, join us. We meet via Zoom the first Saturday of each month. You can learn more and join us by visiting www.patreon.com msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another. Thank you, as always, for listening. And until next time, be well. Ah!